and welcome to the latest instalment of the Backstraight Boys and Girl podcast. And it has been so long since we're in one room together. I cannot put into words how nice it is to be reunited. For those of you listening for the first time, or who's forgot, who've forgotten who we are because it's been so long, um, I am Claire. And I'm Bayo. I'm Jodie. And together, yes, the Backstreet Boys, Backstreet... The, our namesakes, the Backstreet Boys. But it's been such a long time, you can't remember what we're called, Claire. No, I can't, but what I can remember is that we're all about athletics and you guys have been at the heart of the last couple of months athletics out on the Gold Coast representing Track and Field News slash this podcast. How was it? It was awesome. Like it's, it's the Commonwealth Games, before we went, we did a pod and we said how much we love the Commonwealth Games because it's so much fun and it really was fun. It was the Gold Coast was somewhere I've never thought of going to before. Um, it's a great place to go. Like, um, just for like to, to go for the weekend for a holiday would be awesome. The weather was brilliant. We had an amazing apartment. The athletics was really, really high quality and loads of fun. The stadium was awesome. The crowds were awesome. It was really good. I would say it's one of my all-time favourite athletics trips. Ooh. Really? Definitely. Definitely. It was just great. Um, there was little things that made it really, really good. The weather was amazing, you know, which is fantastic. The stadium was a perfect, perfect, perfect size stadium. I think it was like 30,000 seater. They'd added like an, an extra section at the end for another few thousand people. And overall, it was a great, great space. You know, it wasn't one of those huge, great big stadiums where you feel like, you lost within it. It wasn't so small. It didn't feel important. It was just a fantastic size. And most importantly for what we were doing, the mix zone was 10 seconds from our seats. So you could watch a race. You could watch the person go up through the mix zone. You could pop out your seat 10 seconds later if you're doing an interview. Oh, perfect. <laughs> As opposed to, on occasion, like in uh, Moscow, where the mix zone was three flights of stairs down in a basement, a concrete basement with no Wi-Fi or phone connection. Um, so that was a miserable championships because we didn't actually get to watch any athletics. Yeah. Here, we literally had it in front of us and then could just pop next door and grab everyone for an interview, which so was fantastic. actual experience of, and I think you've coined a new term here, journalising. Journalising. Um, did that affect your enjoyment of the champs? Did it enhance it? Just how was that part of your role there? Yeah, it was good because like we're sat in the press, a press um, section. As Bayo said, it's right next to uh, the mix zone, which is unusual. It's the best seats in the house, often. Oh, great. <laughs> um, and we had the freedom to go and sit where you like. You could go and sit when um, the taffin's on. Yeah. You can go and sit like that. Like, so that it was. And the, the other great thing about the stadium and actually how, holding the championships in Australia, very similar to holding one in Great Britain, you've got guaranteed crowds who come out who cheer everything. The stadium was pretty full. Gold Coast is a small place. Yeah. It's not like holding the championships in London. It's tiny compared to London and yet the stadium was practically full for all sessions I mean there was ups and downs but I mean the, the minimum it was full I would say was like sort of 85% yeah. you know and that would be like on a Wednesday morning yeah. so um, and then of course at the weekends or in the evenings it was totally full um, with people just I've never actually known a crowd to be so enthusiastic about everything and anything they were obviously um cheering the Australian people but they're also cheering everyone they're cheering you know when you've got the person who's been lapped three times in the 10k yes. the whole like last three laps and running them by themselves the crowd would be going mad and clapping them it was just such a really nice atmosphere here. and also I guess going along to something as intimate as the Commonwealth Games you've got all your old heroes and heroines <gasps> mixing amongst the crowds and one of them and before I forget I have to say how much I loved your chat with Cathy Freeman oh, oh. like 
Kathy's, we, we, we've known Kathy from, like, I think it was 2010 we met Kathy, and it was so lovely because she wasn't really doing interviews at, at, at there. She, she's not someone who's about attention. She's not someone who, she handed out a medal, but that's the kind of, and she did a couple of interviews with radio and one in for Australia, and we were the only other people she did an interview with because she's not there for attention. Yeah. She's, people, everyone wants to talk to her. It's like, well, you walk through the crowd of her, and it's like being with my, Michael Jackson. I'm showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> But say that David Beckham yeah but like a superstar everyone's staring and she's just like oh hi and just keeps on walking it's just so lovely and the interview is probably the favourite interview I've ever done so anyone who hasn't actually listened to it it's, it's in the podcast stream you can go back and find it probably one before last yeah just a couple of episodes yeah it was a ago. lovely interview and about mm-hmm. obviously telling us all about her, her career but also what she's doing now which is really really important and really leads on from the important stuff that she did when she was running um, I think she's just a phenomenal figure. But talking about people who were there, this is one of our favourite things to do, is not to watch the track, is to look in the crowd. Um, <laughs> and someone who was... Daley Thompson was there every day, which was Love lovely. That. We're in the... with the commentators. So all the British... We know all the British people who are commentating, but also Australian people. Glynis Nunn was there, who's the 84 Olympic champion. Jane... Oh, in that chathlin. Um, Jane Fleming, who's the multiple... Commonwealth champion um, in in the um, heptathlon and the long jump. But there's um, who's the pole vaulter? Emma George was there. Emma George, was there, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Steve Hooker's there. But also, who was there every single day was Seb Coe. Every day. Every day. Every single day. Good for him. In the VIP area, but milling about, talking to everybody, wearing t-shirts and shorts, and to see him interacting with the sport like that, and even on the way out, stopping and having his photo taken with all fans and everything. Yeah. The difference between him and what we used to have with Lamine Diak is like night and day. Mm-hmm. It's very, very Cause also good to watch to see fantastic that. Fantastic to watch, but also because you saw um, Seb would just be sitting where he wanted to sit, you know, chatting. Not like it's not in the specified best seats in the house with people fanning him and bringing him drinks. You know, yeah. is what it used to be. Um, and there was brilliant. One day you turn around, it was like. Seven daily, yeah, and Denise. So like seven daily and Denise would be sat behind you, <laughs> just sort of yeah, exactly, chatting and gossiping. And you could also because the BBC thing was just in front. At one point, you could turn around, you could see Seb. Daly, Denise, Catherine Mary, Steve Backley, Paula Radcliffe, Colin Jackson, Steve Cram, you know, <laughs> all that literally, yeah. literally behind you. Because Seb has got his detractors who go, oh, he's too much of a politician, yeah. he's too polished, but I just think they've got that completely wrong, and the hard yards he's putting in to make the sport more accessible, and that's our like, We don't necessarily agree with all of his opinions, and I think we'll be talking about that maybe in a different pod, but um, we don't agree with everything, but why would we? Yeah, you don't have to agree with everything. I like what, what he's... He, the way he's opened it up and the way he's just so much more accessible is just for me. And the way more than anything else, he's clearly a huge athletics fan. Yeah. Mm. Which to me should be like the one prerequisite of, being, of your job is that you actually love the sport. Yeah. So being journalists, obviously you have to have a good journalising. Journalisers, yeah. You both came out with different answers. So I'm going to decide that you It's a new word, it's evolving. <laughs> Constantly coming on in leaps and bounds. Okay, as top flight journalisers, you have a good editorial nose. What were the headlines for you? Which performances caught global eyes? There was such good high standard performance. We talked beforehand, mm. didn't we, about how it can be a bit hit and miss the Commonwealth Games, and it was. I mean, there were still like some shocking performances. But <laughs> can we just say you got into the men's discus final with thirty-seven meters? You got into the four by four final with three nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
everyone got in because people were disqualified. <laughs> this was the thing. This is why we were going for those events. Yeah. Some people didn't show up, and then some people got disqualified or um, or did no throw. So people who shouldn't have been there got through. But, like, but you were talking about the headline ones. Mm. I mean, the headline for me is probably Casta Semenya doing the double at eight hundred and fifteen hundred meters. Two games records. Two games records. Very high standards, yeah. and it wasn't. She, they were, they obviously she won quite easily, but she she didn't run away from everybody. No. She was quite cagey. I thought in the 1500 metres, she's relatively new to doing 1500 metres. It got a little bit easier because there was um, Winnie Chebec got, got tripped over in, yeah. in, the, in the qualifying. But um, she had to tactically run that race and she's learning about yes. the 1500 metres. So that wasn't a shoe-in for her. The 800 was more so. But two incredibly good races and to be so fast as well, which wasn't, she didn't lead them. So it was just a high quality race. Um, a double also by Joshua Cheptegai Ch- 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 um, which I think got a little bit overlooked totally overlooked he did I think it's because the events he did a 5 and, and 10 double they were totally different ends of the um, of the um, championship championship so I think by the time he did the double we were on to kind of and that other 10k things. was fast yeah yeah 27.19 yeah I mean that's incredibly fast really for a championship um, 10k and we often talk about like oh people just milling around and then sprinting at the end etc but that that was great. My probably my favourite performance was probably Kyron McMaster's because yeah. mm. he's only like twenty. He was like the world lead last year with forty seven eight, and then crashed at the championships. So to come out this early in the season, it was when I mean, we chatted to him. We'll play the interview later. But um, to chatting to him, and it was his first race of the year. Yeah, come out running forty. I think he ran forty eight two. In something as yeah, uh, technical as the um, as the four hurdles, yeah. you would assume that you'd need a few more. And that's why I've got little patience with people who complain. Oh, it's early in the year. I haven't had lead up races. He came out and did that. That's a new superstar because to do that that early in the year to be so young to be so technically proficient, I was very very impressed with. And such a comfortable win as well. Mm. I mean, he won that by point nine of a second. Wow. <laughs> that's a good margin. Yeah. Also, we should talk about. I think the or one of the male performances, one of the overall performances of the whole championships, but again, got slightly overlooked, was Tom Walsh in the shot put. Yeah. Um, he threw, what, 22.45, was it? I think Something so. absolutely crazy in the qualifying. And because <laughs> he then didn't do it, he still won the, um, he still won the final, but he was almost a metre down, yeah. wasn't he? So um, it feels like you kind of don't get the attention because it wasn't in the final. Um, but again, in 22.45, it's fantastic throwing um, at the Commonwealth Games. But probably the race of the championships was the women's 200 metres. I mean, oh, the quality sure, in that race. Mm. Well, the Olympic champion didn't get a medal. Yeah. Actually, so that says it all, doesn't right. it? And the depth of that field, you're right. I remember it was one of those ones where the start list came up full frame on my screen. And I just thought, any of these women deserve Commonwealth medals. They are of a calibre that any other year yeah. could get them on the And Sherika Jackson, that, I mean, that's yeah. surprising. Where did that come from? I've no idea where that mm. came from. Yeah. She broke her, I think her PB was 22.5 something beforehand, went down to 22.18. She's not, I mean, she, as a as a junior she was more of a 200 metre sprinter but we only really know her as a 400 metre yeah. runner so to come out and show that amount of speed that bodes well for her 400 metres doesn't it mm. yeah but look who beat her yeah I know <laughs> just supreme wasn't it she's looking as we've said before she's looking in unbelievable shape mm. Milo Weibo she's getting more and more confident she's just so a beautiful athlete to watch. We always cr- uh, go on and on about Alison Felix's effortless running style, but she's almost, I would say, more elegant. She yeah. really glides. And much, 
like she's a, as a physical specimen yes. mm-hmm. like you couldn't create her like she's perfect yeah she's so tall it's like but she's, she's in a lab yeah she's tall but she's like you said elegant she runs easy because sometimes when you're tall it can be you can be a bit ungainly yeah. yeah but none of that she's got a good bend you're right yeah she's she's i mean she's almost with them over the first hundred and then she's going to run away from you um so to run 20 what did she run 2208 2209 Yes, in, in, game's record. At the beginning of April, mm-hmm. and to have to think what she can do over the rest of the summer, especially over the 400, which is her favourite event. At the moment, obviously, the NCAAs are starting to really hot up for the summer, and everyone's talking about Sydney McLaughlin, who's one oh, of the yeah. superstars of the sport. But I think. Well, I'm not saying she isn't, I'm just saying I've been around way too long to these like Americans who do well at the NCAAs, and then we don't hear from them again. And she's only. 18, right? Yeah. I Plus, mean, she yeah. could she could very well turn into Alison Felix or she could just disappear off the face of the earth. We're going to have to wait we'll and see. We'll put a pin in that one. Yeah. But yeah, there, I think there are some really good longer sprint uh, battles to be had between the two crossed, of them, yeah, hopefully. hopefully, in the future. Um, you know someone else who was phenomenal and actually probably the, the performance of the championships is Nick Miller. Yes. Before we turn to speak about Nick Miller, because we're going to have to dedicate a whole... <laughs> so you're right one of the best performances of the whole champs um, I think you spoke to some of these athletes oh. didn't you you caught up with some of them in the mix zone so Carson Semenya Cara McMaster and Sean A. miller Weibo, over to you Hi I'm Sally Pearson and you're listening to the Back Straight Boys So I'm here with, now with the world outdoor world indoor and commonwealth champion a uh, shot put champion Tom Walsh you're having quite a great six months Oh mate it's been awesome um, you know, yeah, it all started with, with World Champs in London, and then and when I talked to you in Bir- uh, um, Birmingham as well, mate, that was awesome. Uh, today, uh, again, another awesome day out there. Not quite how I drew it up and wanted to wanted to do it, but but look, it's uh, that's sometimes how it is, and it's just it's just good to have uh, this kind of gold medal around my neck. Well, I remember saying to you in um, in Birmingham that you might not have it, you know, all your own way because it's quite a good standard in the Commonwealth. Um, so it turned out it wasn't quite as easy as I thought it was going to be. No, well, I, I didn't start the way I wanted to, and then from there on out, I was a bit pushy. Uh, but uh, look, it was awesome to have have uh, you know the the competitors so deep with with Chuck throwing so well, and and then Timmy coming out in the last round as well, and then the guys under uh, behind that was were were throwing well as well. So look, it was it's good. You know, Commonwealth standards lifting. Uh, and I know next time around, you know, that we're all young guys. So next time around, you know, it's going to be tough to, tough to win again. And I think yesterday you shocked us all, maybe shocked yourself a bit with the um, qualifying. 22.45 or something outrageous. You're about a metre down on that today. That's quite a big jump from one day to the next. Mind me. Uh, you know, look, as I said, I was just a bit pushy. Uh, and, and I was trying to throw far rather than letting it happen. Um, so, look, I, I know exactly what went wrong. Uh, and I know what I need to address and, and to fix it. Is pushy the, the technical term? Uh, it's not technical, mate. It's all mental. It's all mental. Well, a gold medal is a gold medal, isn't it? I'm thinking now you've done those three um, you know, gold medals you've got, you've kind of got maybe sort of two ambitions left. I'm thinking Olympic gold and world record maybe. Um, is that what you're thinking of this year? Yeah, look, I'm in that type of shape. I threw 22.67, which was a six-further throw all-time uh, 10, 10, 15 days ago, and then threw really well yesterday. Uh, so, look, I know I've got, got a bit more up my tank, but... Uh, I can't let myself get ahead of myself and, uh, and I've just got to take care of business and, I, and I've got to you know, move with freedom and ease and, and, and that's what I didn't quite have tonight. But I think I speak for all athletics fans when I say we'd like to see that world record taken off the books for obvious reasons. Mate, yeah, look, it's, uh, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, whether it's me, uh, well, it's going to be me. Uh, and I know these other guys are chasing it down as well. Cool, well, all the best. I really hope it is you. Thanks ever so much. Thanks a lot.
I'm here with Kyman McMaster, who just won the gold medal in the 400 hurdles at the um, Commonwealth Games. So, Kyman, we spoke yesterday after the heat about what this would mean to the Virgin Islands. Um, are they going to be happy at home right now? Oh, they're jumping for joy. They're probably more happy than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just happy that I could bring home a gold medal to them, you know. Uh, it's mean so much to them. I know they're celebrating, and I wish I could celebrate with them as well. Because um, British Virgin Islands didn't have the best year last year, obviously, with Hurricane Irma. It's devastated the island. So it's good to have some good news to take home to them. Of course. You know, um, this is fantastic news rather than what we've been through. So, you know, they're jumping for joy, backflipping. My mom, she's, I know she's crying. My father, he's crying. Everyone's crying. So, you know, it's just jumping for joy right now. They're crying for good reasons. Yeah. So, and you're the first ever gold medalist from the British Virgin Islands, I believe. Yes, I am the first medalist, I think, and gold medalist, yeah. Um, and as, a, as someone from England, who has not... Ha- something happened, exciting happened outside. Um, as someone from England who hasn't have been having a good day so far, we're very pleased that you have the same national anthem for us, because <laughs> we are so to celebrate. Yeah. I mean, um, we're under the Queen. I'm glad I can represent both countries, if that's possible. But, yeah, uh, it's very awesome. Well, as someone who's not, we haven't heard, a, a, we've only heard one gold medal for us so far in the athletics, so we're going to take a little bit of that for ourselves, if you don't mind. <laughs> no problem. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. very much. Hello. <laughs> um, congratulations on winning the gold medal in the 200 metres here at the Commonwealth Games. Um, you didn't pick, you picked the, probably the toughest event of the whole championships. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I like a great challenge, and, um, you know, uh, it's still early in the season. We didn't want to test it too, too, too early, but... Uh, you know, when I realized that all the girls were in, I, I was really happy with it. Uh, they gave us a great push tonight, uh, as always. I'm always expecting it. And, you know, just wanted to have some fun and execute it well and came on with the goals. So I'm happy. Because we know you more over 400 meters, which is where you're Olympic champion. But you're a 200 meter runner as well, and very fast at 200 meters. So which is your favorite event? Uh, the 400 is always going to be my favorite event. Um, I would usually do the 200 just for speed work. Uh, I know a lot of people want to see me do the 200, but it's not something that I really like, you know. Um, I wouldn't say really like, I like it, I just don't love it as much as the 400, you know, um, the 400 gives more of a challenge, and uh, you know, it's a harder event, and so I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to that. And um, you talk about the 400 metres giving you a challenge, um, obviously you won the World Championships, <laughs> the last minute falling over the line, and then you had a bit of trouble in London last year, um, so you love the 400, does the 400 love you at the moment? Of course, you know, um, of course it's going to be challenges along the way, but that, that's the thing I love about the 400. You know, the 400 isn't, easy, isn't an easy event that anyone can just pop into and say, oh, let me run a 400. And so I'm still learning and I'm still young and I know that it's going to come along as time goes by, but it's my favorite event by far. And why did you choose to do the 200 here? Uh, just a little bit of speed work. It's still early in the season and, uh, you know, just we've been doing a lot of 400 meter training and practice and so coaches want me to come down here and do some speed work down here. And when you're running 22.08, was it? Sure. Something like 22. It was very low 22s. If you're running that in April, what does that tell you about the rest of the season? I know that I'm in great shape this year. Our coach has definitely taken us out of our comfort zone. And so I, I know that we're in great shape. I know we're going to put down some fast times this year. And so uh, this is the start of it. And I'm really excited to see what, what comes for the rest. And which, events are you going to, which event are you going to concentrate on this season? Uh, well, this year we want to take it a little bit easier since we have three hard years coming up. Um, so we're going to be focusing a little bit more on the 200 rather than the 400 uh, to, to get a little bit more speed work in in the races of course in training I'll still be doing the 400 meter trainings but uh, just have a little bit more fun with the 200s so how fast do you think you can go over 200 meters I don't like to put a time on me the main thing for me is just to stay healthy and see what type of times can drop um, we were in the world indoors in Birmingham um, we saw your husband he got a bronze medal yes. and now you've got a gold medal you are probably the most successful and the best looking couple in athletics <laughs> 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was so happy for him in, in Birmingham. You know, I was watching and I was staying up so late in the night and waking up so early just to watch him compete, and I'm so proud of him. My friends on the um, podcast Trackcastic, they think that you might you might speak Estonian. How how fluent are you in Estonian? <laughs> not that well. <laughs> I'm still learning, so not well at all. <laughs> but he speaks very good English. Yeah, he does. That helps, doesn't it? <laughs> Just one last question, very important question. You're the golden girl here at, well, you're always the golden girl, but here at the Commonwealth. Why have you got silver hair? Why not gold hair? Uh, well, you know, I want to try something different, as always. And uh, I want to silver, and a li- it's a little bit of lilac in it. They can't really see it that well, but I just want to try something different. And, you know, a lot of people are calling me Storm, and so I'll take it. <laughs> you, listen, we think you're a superhero, so that we'll take that as well. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you so much. Here with Casta Semenya double gold medalist and two games records as well that couldn't have gone better uh, that's cr- I couldn't have asked for more uh, I think uh, to be honest I'm just going to give these credits you know to my team you know uh, it, it's not about me you know it's about you know the great team you know the teamwork you know my, my team are putting you know the hard work together you know from the, the team physios you know my spouse you know the, my training partner coach <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, you know, they've done well. So I think this is for them. Uh, I remember when I spoke to uh, my partner when I left home, I just told her, you know, I know you were a 1,005-meter runner, but this is for you. You know, that gold, you know, also I dedicated for her, you know, because she called me crying. So now you're showing me that anything is possible. If I work hard, I can get whatever I want. So, yeah, this is for my, my, my you know, the hard work that the team has put in together. So this is the 10th year we've had you on the circuit. And yes. So you've won everything there is to win at 800 metres. So is the 1500 metres a new challenge for you? Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the, that's the beginning. You know, we, I, I always wanted to double, but you know, if you don't believe that you can do it, you, you can never try. But obviously last year I just told myself, you know what, I have to start with this uh, double you know, quest. So then uh, I just told the coach, look, I'm going to double. You know, I'm an African champ. I'll just play as a World Cup player. And nobody expect me to be there. So, but for us, it's just all about you know mastering you know the middle distance. You know, middle distance is eight and thou five. That's what we want to do. We just want to set them up. Because the fifteen hundred last year in London was an amazing race, one of the best yeah. fifteen hundred meters ever. And you just beat Laura by like a hundredth on the line. Yes, I know. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to you know run one thou five then no medal. When I saw the opportunity. Uh, I felt sorry for her, but, you know, it's business. So, you know, we're very good friends. I remember when we, we left uh, Oregon, I was, I was with her. I just told her, look, here's what. I'm coming for Tau 5. She was like, whoa, okay. So, and then obviously being able to run with them like that, they knew that I mean business, you know. Uh, I just want to be great, you know. I just want to do better. So will you be running 1,500 metres on the circuit this year? Yes, of course. Uh, probably I'll run a few 1,500s and then we'll just see. So I don't know what are the plans at the moment. And one last question, which everyone always speaks about. When are you going to break that 800 metre world record? Uh, we, we haven't planned yet about it. Obviously, after this, that's when we'll go sit down and see if we can be able to match you know, the pace. Uh, what we're doing now, it's, uh, it's fantastic. We can be able to run a, you know, even splits, which is uh, it's great. We just need to fix that and then, then see what's going to happen. But obviously we still have about uh, eight weeks of training and then after that we can decide. So can we expect you to be trying to break the world record this summer? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, each and every athlete wants to break a world record. We will try by all means you know, to go near that. Thank you very much. Congratulations. Thanks a lot. I'm here with the newly crowned um, Commonwealth Hammer Champion Nick Miller. But not just the champion, you threw over 80 metres, which is just amazing. 
Yeah, um, you know, that's the goal as a hammer thrower, and today was perfect. 80 meters is like a dream come true. That really is kind of the standard for world-class hammer throwing. But you did give us a bit of a scare at the beginning. Um, I think you threw 63 and then a no-throw. Were you confident that it was going to turn around? Yeah, I was confident. First throw, a little bit of cramp. Um, and then third throw, just nice and easy, 76 for real. Um, obviously, a little bit of me was like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't going to go so good. But uh, I always had the faith, you know. I knew what to do and I did it. That's, that's really, really great to hear. We, we were obviously a bit, bit scared there for, for a moment. Now, next up is a, uh, the Europeans, you know, which is a big step up in, um, in standard from here. Um, you've got to take on Fidek and the other, other guys from the Eastern Europe. Um, but your throw today would have, like, won the World Championships last year, so you must be super confident. Yeah, uh, Fidek threw 79-something yesterday, um, so right now I'm a little bit ahead. Um, but I just wait until Europeans. I'll hopefully be a little bit better, and I'll see what happens on the day. And do you know if a, a British um, hammer thrower has ever been like the athlete of the year at the end of the year? Because um, I think possibly this year something could change. Uh, I don't think anyone ever has. And I, I don't know what the likelihood is, but I'll do my best to try and be the athlete of the year. OK, well, we ended on a high there with Nick Miller. <laughs> but I think it's fair to say that the British, well, they said the British collectively, British team actually, British England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, didn't have a great championships. And I think the most of the, the, the fault there goes to England. Because, yeah. I mean, Scotland got a few medals, Wales got a few medals, probably what was expected, yeah. mm. maybe a few disappointments. But England, I'm sorry, it was an atrocious performance. To only get two, got two individual gold medals for England at the Commonwealth Games yeah. is totally unacceptable. We got one silver on the track. Who? Kyle Anthony. Kyle, Yeah. So, oh, yes. so Northern Ireland got another bronze and Scotland got another bronze, but England got one, one silver medal on the track. And Tom, dis- discounting and Tom in the... In Tom, the, Tom, I'm talking about the, the track races, though, discounting, yeah. discounting the relay. Right. I mean, how, is, how, is, how is that possible? I mean, there was a, a, lots of things that went wrong, number one, mm. which there's probably multiple reasons. And I don't want to blame individual athletes, because if it had just been one athlete, we wouldn't be talking about this. Things happen. But when you've got people doing three no throws, you've got people running out of their lane, you've got too many people getting injured or coming in with injuries or just people flopping. Let, let me just read you this list, OK? And I'm making no comment on here. This is no judgment on the individuals because there's multiple different reasons why, this, why they went wrong. But I would say all of these people underperformed in one way or the other. Yeah. Okay. So um, Adam Jamili, Zano Hughes, Matt Hudson-Smith... Elliot Giles, Callum Hawkins, Andrew Potsy, all three of the high jump boys, the 4x4, Adele Tracy, Shalane Oskin-Clark, Lindsay Sharp, um, Ailish McColgan probably, um, the long jump girls in different ways, um, um, Holly potentially in the pole vault, um, Sophie Hitchin in the hammer. That is a whole load of things, people there who, they should have been middles or thereabout, you know, yeah, and we're great. talking, that's what, 10, 15 people mm-hmm. different events there. And, and like you said, some of them, they're for multiple different oh, reasons. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I'm, not and gonna, I think I'm saying could, I'm laying no blame on them. No, and I think you could blaming. also argue that Ailish in the 15 was actually very strong. Maybe doing the double was a, yeah, was a bit too much. But, but for example, the women's 800 metres was a total disaster, apart from Alex Bauer, who was awesome. Yes. But the difference, but the reasoning is that they had three semis for yeah. the women's 800. Three semis is a... We hate three semis yes. for exactly this reason. It's very difficult to negotiate your way through three mm-hmm. semis. But Alex Bow ran that semi as if it was a final. She ran to get her place. Where Shalane didn't. Shalane ran it like a heat. Shalane was holding back, trying to get her place, kind of calculating, Margaret Wambui is probably going to beat me, so I just need to do this. 
where if she'd just run her own race and ran for the win, she would have easily qualified. She's in phenomenal form, and I think she's even maybe in form to beat Margaret Wambi yeah, at the moment. But to come away running 2.01, I think it was. Well, she was in the way the fastest one as well, I think. She to, to come away and not get through is... I mean, it was awful. It was, but it was also it was also kind of unfortunate. Well, then we had the, you had. But she came straight. She knew exactly what she'd Absolutely. done wrong. So I, I give her some credit for that because people make mistakes. And then you have your Matt Hudson's hopefully running right. on the line, which is Matthew totally yeah. inexcusable. You know, at this level to run on the line in the first fifty meters. You know, that is Zarnell. Great performance. Great performance. Like yeah. he's obviously in great form, and we heard all the way through the championships what great form he was in. But that lack of discipline running down the home straight, and I know there was some controversy where we sh- he definitely should have been disqualified because the rule is you, ca- you, you can run on the line down the home straight as long as you don't disadvantage someone else. And when you're so close to... I don't know the ins and outs of why the arm went up and so... But when you're that close and your body's in someone else's lane, that is your responsibility. Yeah. And then you've got your Sophie Hitchin. Now, there was talk about the cage being slightly off or something. There may be something to do with that, but... Three no throws. Three. One I'll give you. Then, I know we talk about safety throws, which I mean, obviously the, the hammer is in the most technical event possible, but medals went in 68, didn't but they? But to get through to the final, I think you only need 60 metres, which right, you yeah. can do in a sleep. Yeah, totally. So, so, and imagine how many you needed to get, get, um, get onto the, you know, the extra three throws, you know? So, at some point, there's got to be a calculation here whether I'm going out, all out, and like failing three times or whether I need to do something to just make sure I get through and I know nothing about the technicalities of the hammer so I'm not going to discuss that at all but you know something went wrong there didn't it agreed and we cannot point fingers at individuals like you said because on the day athletics is such a temperamental sport Mm -hmm. it's highly technical and some days you just don't have it in you but something I found really interesting is athletes are all over social media these days they have to be and their reactions I feel in Team England, some of the reactions were blasé is too strong a word, but on a spectrum between blasé and distraught, they were too close to the former, I think, and further away from the latter. If an athlete crashes out of the Olympics in a heat or they do three no throws in a world championships, they're absolutely gutted because that is a once in a lifetime opportunity, potentially, if that's when you've peaked. But I felt that the Commonwealths weren't taken seriously enough yeah. and for some of them. It was just another meet this year. When it's not, it's a major championship. Um, just there were reports that Sophie Hitchin was very, very, very upset. She was, no, she was. She was. I saw. I saw in the mix zone. And uh, back at the village, there's reports yeah. of her being like really yeah. inconsolable. So that doesn't necessarily. Like, oh, it's not everybody. No. It's just some but, of them. But I feel like there was an overall kind of malaise. Yeah, like a very blasé about the whole thing. Like a lot of people. Oh, it's early in the season. Well, it's not. If you've been, if you've known you've been selected since October. So, like Jack Greenson, Jack ran really well. He ran really well. He didn't run like above himself, but he ran exactly. He went and did exactly what he was supposed to do. And he said, "I've known about this for six months. I've altered my training accordingly." That's what people needed to do. Some people, Dina went out early. She went out before the rest of the team, and look how well she could be. Tom Bosworth obviously got it got it right. So it can be done. And then there was a lack. There was. A, I think people didn't raise their game. Yeah. Some people underperformed, but there was too much just of people just not not raising their game. I mean, then we just had just total disasters. Like Andrew Potty hit the first hurdle, yeah. and it's all you can't do that in a in a, in a hundred and ten right. hurdles race of all of all events. You know, it's the one you can't get away with that kind of thing. And it's not to say he definitely would have won, but he he really was probably the favourite and would have been right up there. But it was just over right there and then. That's a total lack of concentration, isn't it? And um, in in contrast, look how well the Australians did. And what like, you just talked about Andrew Posse's race, the guy who got the bronze medal, the yeah. Australian guy, 
I mean, out of nowhere. Yeah. That's what that's what Australia did really well. They, they as a gem, they they they, wrote, they raised their game across the board, and that meant sometimes you had phenomenal performances, and sometimes you got people getting into finals where they shouldn't have, or sometimes you got people getting a bronze medal where yeah. they shouldn't have. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, as you say, the um, the hundred and ten hurdles, but also in the women's. Um, long jump, they got a silver in the, in the women's pole vault, vault they got a bronze. Women's all these javelin with a yeah. games record. Men's eight hundred. Yes, um, um, but there was all these like little things here and there. You just raise your game, just that bit, and obviously hometown advantage makes a difference. It's your season makes mm. a difference, and all of that. But I've ne- I don't ever remember seeing a championships where the host has raised their game to that. Extent. Excitingly, I thought as well worth noting is the youthfulness of yeah, this Australian yeah. but team. The, the girl in the, eight, the women, women's eight hundred, she didn't get through, but she ran two minutes and she's sixteen. Oh wow! And they yes, had and the did. guy, the guy, the Sudanese Australian guy who got into the final, that he's only nineteen. Mm. There were so many young people there that were really using this championships, which we talked about a lot. What this championship should be used for is as a blooding to like to get some experience. But they were there for more than the experience. They actually grabbed it with, with both hands. Yes. And then you have like, you know, I say old hands, she's only like 28 and that, but Danny Samuels, who just threw like phenomenally, what's she, 58, 68, 25 or something ridiculous. And um, Catherine Mitchell. Catherine Mitchell, 68, 92 yeah. in the javelin. Absolutely fantastic performances, you know. Hi, I'm Greg Rutherford, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. You're a pro, aren't you? Well, you know. <laughs> I'm here with the Commonwealth gold medalist in the high jump, Brandon Stark. First things, how many Game of Thrones jokes have you had today? <laughs> well, um, actually, well, not many before this comp because, you know, I kind of hid in my, in, my, in my room all day. But I think I've had two since I've walked, walked through media. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do one. Okay. I couldn't, only cause basically because I couldn't think of one. But um, congratulations. Now, you come in um, as kind of up there. But did you expect to win gold medal today? You know, I, I knew I was going to... Mix it with the best, um, and I knew I was in good form. I was, I was definitely aiming for gold. You know, why aim for anything less? Um, you know, I put myself in the mix, did what I had to do, and, you know, it was, it was good enough for the gold. There's something that we've noticed, obviously, as being not Australian, the Australians have really brought their A game to these championships. Like in the, in the javelin today, you've won a gold medal with a championship record. In the long jump, you won silver, but you still did a personal best and set a games record yesterday. Yourself, you equaled or set a new PB today. Yeah. So, how do you prepare for a games to come out in that kind of form? Well, you know, it definitely helps when it's in April. <laughs> you know, you? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, we had nationals a couple of weeks ago, so we're, we're definitely in the right you know mindset in the right form because it's kind of in our season um but you know hey everyone has to um prepare for the, for this games um but you know the, the crowd the crowd is unbelievable you know it's full definitely behind the aussies um every time I, I stood at the start of the runway everyone was behind me it was it was so incredible and and that definitely helped me get over those bars now, you've got a famous brother who plays for Australia in the cricket. He's a world champion. Do you reckon you're the most famous Stark now? Maybe for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Stark of the day, maybe, yeah. Um, but, hey, I'm not putting anything on him. He, he's done incredible things in his, his career. Um, but I, I'll definitely take this moment for sure. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Thank you. Well, I'm here with Commonwealth Jumping champion um, Captain Mitchell. Um, now, if I got this correct, this is your fourth Commonwealth Games. You've come sixth, fifth, fourth previously, but tonight you made no mistakes. Um, you've got that gold medal you've been looking for this time, and on home turf. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, what, a, what a special night. And yes, I have been reminded many times that uh, 
fifth, uh, sixth, fifth, and fourth, and I was hoping that you know I wouldn't back this up with a third. <laughs> um, yeah, it was obviously my, um, Melbourne was my first Commonwealth game, so a home crowd, and you know this will most likely be my last. And then to finish with this, it's like it's perfect. And do you think the crowd made a difference tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah. How, how good? Like, I mean, it's, I, I experienced this, obviously the same thing in Melbourne, and I, and I remember distinctly from that. Just as soon as they see green and gold, then you know the, the, the whole stadium is behind you, and um, the atmosphere is just awesome. Yeah. But it wasn't just a, a, a gold medal. I mean, you kind of put it to bed in the first round. That was a, a personal best, a championship record with your very first throw of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe I, I didn't necessarily expect, uh, you know, the first round, but you know, I just I, I had things I had to concentrate on, and I knew that if I did that, that a big throw would come. That's a really big throw on world terms anyway. So did that enable us to give you encouragement for the rest of the season? What are you kind of planning or hoping for for the rest of 2018? Um, I'm actually having a rest now, yeah. So it's been a real quick turnaround from the World Championships and, um, you know, a lot of work and um, there wasn't, you know, it hasn't been an easy seven months. And so I'll have a rest and my body needs a rest. And I'll probably pick up a little bit of the European season later on. It was one of the best performances, one of the best competitions of the, of the champs was Henry Frayne, not Henry Frayne in the long jump, it was the men's long jump. Mm. Henry Frayne has been injured for years, you know, who comes out in the um, qualifying and sets a game's record and there's only one centimetre off at the... Um, in the final, but gets beaten by the, the world champion, so it's fair enough. But again, just raising your game when it mattered. You spoke to Henry Frayne, didn't you, after the men's spoke long jump? We spoke to a lot of people, and a lot of and just one other thing about the Australians were great, and talking about that long jump, and the South Africans were great, and the yes. Jamaicans were great. Yes. And Luva Manyongo is the smiliest person on track, but he's a great performer. Um, South Africa have got. A, in which case, let's chuck in just before we carry on, because there's so much to say about <laughs> South Africa and Jamaica. Uh-huh. Quick pit stop, Luvo Manyonga, Henry Frayne. This is CJ Uja and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. So I'm here with Luvo Manyonga who just won the long jump. You're building up quite a good collection of medals, aren't you? Yeah, I'm just ticking my bucket list and I'm quite happy about it. And I'm looking forward for more. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So I saw you not long ago at the World Indoors in very different conditions. You've got a silver medal there, but you've come back and got a gold medal just a month later. Yeah, like um, the silver medal was quite a wake-up call showing me that I'm not the only one, only jumper in the world. There's other people that are working too. So I don't have to, to relax. I have to go there and uh, execute. Yeah. And it wasn't an easy competition here because Henry Frame set a games record in the qualifying and then jumped one centimetre below that in the final. You had to really pull it out the bag to, to win the gold. Definitely. Uh, he's quite a, um, a good competitor. And um, it's quite a, like um, a motivation for me having someone who's pushing the, the distance so everyone can get that adrenaline pumping, you know, so the competition will be very firing. So we all know about the troubles you've had in the past few years, but you've really turned things around. So how does it feel now to be an inspiration for the people of South Africa? It feels um, fantastic because everywhere I go, like, every, people are appreciating me, 
of the person I become and I just want to maintain that and make sure that I can put um, some effort to other people's life. You know, there's so many people in this world still struggling in the addiction. So I want to make sure that I send the message to the rest of the world that you can make it while you were using drugs and um, just stay clean and get a support. Anything is possible. And just one last question about South African athletics at the moment. You've really got an sort of amazing group of athletes. We've always known South Africa has good athletes. Josiah Thakwani won the gold medal in 96. You've had Hestry Clotar, Marius Corbett have won world championships. But at the moment, you've got loads of people at the same time. So what's going on in South Africa? Is there special funding? Is the government looking after you? Is there just lots of talent coming through? What's, what's, what's creating this special wave at the moment? You know, I think like... Um after the, the, the Olympics um, in Rio, after where Panika broke the world record, it gave um, every um, athlete in South Africa that hope that we also can do it in South Africa. It's not all, only the rest of the world that can do it. It doesn't matter what facility that you have, as long as you put up the good work, anything is possible. And also, we, we comp- you compete to each other, it doesn't matter what competition you're in. As long as you're doing athletics, you know, like yesterday, no, the day before yesterday, when the 100 meters, yeah. it quite gave me the, the motivation that we have to do something. Yeah, the 100 meters get first and second, so I have to, to do something for South Africa. Well, it's really nice seeing a new world power in athletics. So congratulations and thank, thank you, you very much. much. Thanks thank a lot. I'm here with Henry Frayne, um, silver medalist in the Commonwealth long jump. Um, didn't 100% go to plan tonight, but you must be really, really happy with how the whole last couple of days have gone. Yeah. Um, Obviously, in everyone's mind, they, they you know have the dream of winning the gold. But um, I'm extremely proud of that. You know, um, Luvo's a world champion. He's an unbelievable jumper. Um, I knew he'd respond when I when I hit that 8:33, and you know I was really hoping to bank something a little bigger in the first couple of rounds because I know what he's capable of, um, and I knew that my body would start to fail me going going into the fourth, fifth, and sixth round, which I really start to struggle out there. So. Um, you know, full credit to him and, and at the same time I'm extremely proud to come from where, what I've been doing over the last few years which is nothing, just injury after injury to silver medal. But it can be quite tricky sometimes when you've had a, a great qualification, you know, a new set games record PB yeah. to come back in the final yeah. and you were right up there, you was only a centimetre off what you did yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah that's definitely a thing. The person who qualifies top almost never wins the final and I was, was conscious of that. Um, and I was conscious of that when I when I jumped the 8 on the first jump I thought you know I'm not really in the same shape that I was yesterday um, but you know I hit that 833 and um, yeah it's, I mean, it's it's not 802 and 806 like I did in Rio it's, it's 834 and 833 which is you know winning medals in, in pretty much every championship so um, I'm really proud of that and, and that was off a, a very short preparation with many injuries so yeah I mean I'm just a true because it is it's consistency that will get you medals like in the long run isn't it unbelievable um, what's going on with Australia I mean you're having a crazy amazing game you've got I think it was four golds and a silver just this evening that's more than we've got a week yeah I know I guess just home crowd advantage you know it's an unbelievable crowd and atmosphere here and um I don't want to say that the Aussie crowd just gets behind Australians but they certainly really get behind Australians and um you know, it's, it's obviously early in the year and I think that's a big disadvantage to um, you know, all the Europeans and, and, and English in particular. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the same for South Africans and I think that's why they're doing um, 
strong things as well. And um, yeah, I think it's just we've all competed here at our trials. Um, it's hot and there's a home crowd. And for us, you know, it's what we're used to and we love it. Well, you, you certainly rise to the occasion, so it's like, you know, you've all got to be really, really proud of yourselves. You've, you're having your best season ever already, and it's only April. So, what are your kind of ambitions for the rest of the year? Um, well, I guess it's a funny old season, isn't it, this year when it runs from um, well, February for us through until mid September. Um, I'd like to do Continental Cup, so starting at the end. Um, so assuming I'm still sitting up the top of the Asia Ocean rankings, um, come whatever that qualifying is, then I'd like to do that. Um, in the meantime, uh, I just need to go to the ranking. <laughs> I'd like to go overseas and jump um, in the shape I was in yesterday. I think I have a lot more in the, left in the bag. Um, I'd say I was coasting 90% yesterday and steering for the board because I was worried about failing. So, um, I've got my eye on the Australian record. Um, I really believe I can do it this season and, and yeah, just stay injury free and achieve that. Cool. Well, all the best and hope to see you have in Europe later in the season. Cheers. So, South Africa for me are the new Sweden. Remember <laughs> yes. the beginning of the century <laughs> when Sweden were really good and they had Colleen and Clifton, yeah. Christian Olfen and Stefan Holm and they're all really good looking and they're always smiling yeah. and they were like, we, when there's events that we didn't know one to cheer on, we could always cheer, cheer on them. Yeah, absolutely. So South Africa for me is the new Sweden. All of them are performing at a really good level. Mm. They brought it to the championships and they're always smiling, and all of them. And there's such diversity in the events. Yes. Can I just read yeah. you the events in which South Africa and Jamaica won gold medals? Mm-hmm. Men's 110 hurdles, men's discus, women's four hurdles, steeplechase, four by four, triple jump, shot put, and then South Africa, men's 100, long jump, women's 800, women's 1500. I think that's almost every event <laughs> from two nations. And 10 years ago... South Africa wouldn't have featured no. towards the top of the medal table and Jamaica you'd have just gone okay that's the one two in the relay and Jamaica also, didn't even really medal in the sprints I mean they got a couple of medals no. but then no golds in mm. the in the 100 or 200 but yeah, that was the, yeah Jamaica had a disaster in, the, what, in their traditional events but that made up for it in other places um, I think what's interesting is we talk about um, South Africa and um, Jamaica winning in these events that we would, wouldn't usually expect them to but the performances themselves were actually really good. Uh, yeah. Performances yes. which would actually translate mm. onto the world stage. It wasn't just them getting medals at the um, at the Commonwealth Games. You know, like Frederick Dacre's in the in the in the um, discus, sixty-eight meters. Yeah, exactly. Which is world class and, and could easily get a medal at the World Olympics. Um, and and Aisha Port as well. Yes. Oh, what you like that, done? didn't you, Claire? I you know how much I love women's medal distance, <laughs> but particularly the steeplechase and. With the World Championships last year, where we had an American 1 2, now we've got a Jamaican topping the podium. It's just suddenly become, it's, it used to be a one horse race, and that one horse was three Kenyans, didn't yeah. it? Who couldn't hurdle, and are now being found out, which I know is your pet peeve. Absolutely. Because all of these fantastically technically gifted seat chases are coming along. If you think in the World Championships and, and here, one over the last hurdle by a hurdler, as yes. opposed to. Like um, being run away from Kenyans mm. who just happen to be faster. Um, uh, it, it's coming down to the fact that that last hurdle and the, te- the technique on the last lap is going to make all the difference. And we've discussed the technical nous of Caster Semenya. I similarly thought I should put Lear yeah. technically and tactically perfect. That's interesting That's because I, I was watching in the stadium yeah. and I remember thinking with about 250 to go when she got, I just thought, oh, she's, you know, she'd get a really good silver medal mm. here because she's like been outbeaten and something you know you can just get an imperceptible idea and yeah. I think she thought this as well I think she thought oh, hang on I can I can do yeah. this so my point was I'm not sure tactically I think she actually got um, 
I think she was beaten and then she realised that she, the other girl was coming and she could catch her. But either way, it was just so brilliant to see. It was a fantastic it was. race. And I love the diversity of different countries winning different medals. It's what I love, one of the things I love most about athletics. Yeah. But also, when I look at those results and I, and I think, why haven't England got people in these events? Yes. Jamaica can get a one-two in the women's triple jump. We, don't, we didn't even have anyone in the triple jump. The same in the, in the, in the men's discus. We... Well, we had somebody from home nations who underperformed. What are they doing that we're not doing? We were chatting over a vegan brunch about an hour ago, <laughs> and one of you mentioned really astutely we are drowning in women who can run good 15s and 3s, and yet obviously Rosie Clark had a really good steeplechase. Yeah, and was it Lenny Waite who also yeah. ran for Scotland? We've got good steeplechases. Iona Lake is, I think, really coming into some nice form now. But why don't we have more steeplechases? Why don't we have better steeplechases? Because when Australia have got girls who can run 9.15, I think... Yeah, Jenna yeah, Cass. Yeah. Mm. Our, our British record is 9.20, I think. But everyone who's run relatively fast, whether it was Helen um, Clitheroe or... Um, English. Hey. <laughs> good, good job I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a one-off or they do it a couple of times. Or they stop because of the injuries. Yeah, but there's about. been nobody building on it. No, we, should have, we should have people in the steeplechase. The steeplechase, as we've seen recently, is a quite a wide open event yes. to do well in. Like it's not, I'm not saying you're going to win gold medals at the moment, but it's definitely an event where you can, you can feature. But it also feels a little bit like the uh, women's triple jump as well. I would yeah. just hope Someone somewhere should be saying it's wide open for people to get on the team here. So if you are a yes. long jumper who isn't quite making it, or if you are a sprinter who isn't... And we say this all the time, don't we? Think about doing a different event, because there are places going wide open at Olympic Games that we don't... We, aren't being, we haven't got anyone to put in them. That could be you. That could be like... Yeah. If, you, if you think about it strategically, rather than wanting to be like the seventh best 100 metre... In Australia, while they might not have the superstars that, that we have on the global level, you don't mean at the World Championships Olympics they don't seem to win lots of gold medals yeah. and we've always seemed to win a couple. Um, they've got this kind of second rank of performers who all came to play here... Like in, in the Brendan um, Stark in the high jump, yeah, or the women's um, marathon, marathon runners, yeah, and the, uh, or, yeah. and the men's marathon yeah. runners, and they always do that at the Commonwealth Games. There's a, a like a, a level of people who day to day are not the best, but they always come out of the Commonwealth Games and perform at that level. Yeah, and we seem to have the big stars, and then there's a kinds of things. A drop off. There's a drop off. It's on. interesting that we were saying about how well Australia did. Now I've never seen a. I can't think of a home turn advantage that's been like played this well apart from Russia in 2013 maybe, but there's another story. Um, <laughs> interestingly, we've had so many uh, champs in Britain over the last like five, six years, and we haven't really raised our game. No. I think in 20, 2012, that, those four gold medals glossed over what was a pretty ropey championships mm. overall. The World Championships last year... The relays, so thank goodness that lottery funding and the like isn't just you know decided by the Commonwealth Games because England would be in real trouble. But if it was decided by the Commonwealth Games, we would have taken it more seriously. Perhaps that's but the way. Also, forwards. I think for Australia, because Australia always seems to run the game with the Commonwealth. I think it seems to me mm. um, they don't now have another championships to think about and I can't help thinking in the back of people's heads is 
not even subconsciously, but they they know that if it doesn't go well here, I've got the Europeans. Oh, or, or some people mm. are like maybe consciously, consciously thinking yeah. the Europeans is more but important. But then they to shouldn't them. go because then that's when athletes like Alex Bell, who was a last minute entry, mm. or Jenny Nesbitt for Wales in the women's ten thousand meters, who got last minute call ups, filling spots in the roster, and they've both gone out and run lifetime bests because they're not worried about Europe in the summer because right now is an opportunity to put on a vest for their country and go out and perform and equip themselves well and they did so uh, if someone is worried about winning gold in Berlin come August and they're going to peak for that don't put them in the Commonwealth team give it to someone who's going to appreciate that sport and going to go out and win a medal talking about Alex Bell there were some really good un- like underlying performances from British yes. athletes yeah. that I don't want to get to on too negative because we're always about trying to be positive about good performances mm-hmm. and there were some people Alex Bell ran brilliantly and, and what she's done is in an event where there's a lot of talent yeah. in Britain and she's always on the sideline, she's just on the periphery. Yeah. She's put herself now as one of the favourites to get selected. She's a championship performer. Yes. Yeah. And what and select it's like in ice skating where you don't necessarily get get marked for what you did on the on, on the on the ice. You get marked for your reputation and what they've seen you done previously. Now she's going to be at the forefront of selectors' minds. Yeah. They're going to be saying she's got the qualifying, if it's down to her and another person, she's going to get the go ahead. And it's given her the confidence yeah. at the champ- at the trials in the summer. You're going to have to watch out for her. Yeah. Alex Bell, one major champs, one major champs final. It's a pretty good record. Yeah. Do you know? Who, I mean, actually talking about the women's um, middle distances, which we always do. But the women's fifteen hundred was full of great performances, headed by Melissa Courtney, who's done exactly the same, if not better, than Alex Bell. She's now the the one who's put herself above the pack. Because up to now, you've had Laura and Laura. Yeah. And then yes. you've had a third place. Well run by Laura. Oh, hang on. I'm just going to wave my Welsh flag for Melissa Courtney. Hey, sing the anthem. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> so Melissa Courtney has taken herself out of that ranks of the, the, all those two, 405 runners, yeah. which there's lots of them, and I, to be honest, can't always distinguish them. She's taken herself out of that now. She's now one, one of the ones we have to, have to look out for. Um, but everyone in that race went really well. Yeah. I mean, even... Um, Ailish, I think, ran 404. I think yeah. it was her second or third fastest ever. Steph Trell won, won her fastest 1500 since she was injured. So it was a very high quality race, and I think everyone acquitted themselves well. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Uh, no. Back- <laughs> Backstreet! <laughs> I did it all the time. Yeah. So I'm here with the new Commonwealth, Commonwealth gold medalist in the steeplechase, Aisha Port. Did I pronounce that right? You did. I, I had to ask everyone on Twitter but first. <laughs> um, so we're very used to seeing um, Jamaica win gold medals, but not in the steeplechase. So it's a whole new event for us. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really special. You know, we're winning medals in lots of new events. And I'm just lucky to be a part of that, this sort of revolution of field events and middle distance and long distance. And it's, it's a phenomenal feeling. I think sometimes countries get known for one event and then everyone wants to get into that event and they stick to it. So do you hope to inspire other Jamaican people to take up distance? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've watched Kimoy Campbell come, come up and, and woo, that must have been something. Um, <laughs> come up and, and inspire. And I'm, I'm really looking at results and, and some of the young Jamaican middle distance girls are running faster than I did in high school. And I, I look at at Champs, and I, I watch the results from Krifta, and it's happening, you know, it's, it's amazing. There's more than one path to success, and, you know, sometimes it's lo- a longer distance, and it might not be the most popular, but it can be just as fruitful. So originally, you didn't run from Jamaica, and you changed to your dad's country a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. 
So that was a, a, a specific choice to run for, for, your, for Jamaica rather than America? Yeah, it, it was a really sort of pivotal moment in my life to sort of realize my heritage and it answered a lot of questions from my childhood and just made me feel like a whole person and I immediately just felt different and lucky and loved and it was, it was a really important decision in my life. Now, obviously, you're an inspiration for a lot of Jamaican girls now who are taking up the distance, but I bet someone who's an inspiration for you is the world champion in the steeplechase, who's also your training partner, Emma Coburn. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am so lucky to train with the best in the world, and she handles everything with such poise, and she has got more grit than anyone I've ever seen. You know, she's just, she's just a wonderful competitor and a wonderful person and a wonderful friend, and she's taught me how to be gritty and tough and stick your nose in even when people people tell you you have no business being there just to assert yourself and it's been such a learning experience. So next year is the World Championships again and maybe we'll see Jamaica and America on the podium together. That would be phenomenal. Thank you. Well, good luck and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. Kyle <laughs> Literally my favourite athlete. Yeah. Every time I hear his name I just think of what a cheeky little chap he is. He's so absolutely love Carl Anford. Everything about him like makes you smile. Is it the, from the way he runs his race, which is maybe like we talk to him and we'll, we'll play the interview in a minute. But um, we talk to him and he knows that he needs to sort of mix it up and find mm. different ways to run. But from the way he runs his race, just makes it so exciting. To his attitude, the fact he says I want to be Olympic champion with no qualms about it. The fact he can be happy with it, but still at the same time not happy with it because he knows he could have done better. Um, and just his general overall positivity and like the great personality he shows is what we need. Imagine if we could take the confidence and self belief of Carl Langford and put it in Eilish McColgan. See, because I, I love Eilish. I love how hard she works. I yeah. love how committed she is. But I feel like she falls between two stools at the moment. I don't think she knows what event she does best. And I think she... She, there's a bit of self-doubt in her because yeah. she comes she's so, so strong talented. she's not got like a fast kick but she does enough wind up that pace mm. and by the end she's going as fast as anybody but it's sometimes a bit too late yeah. um, I'd love her this summer to really stick to one event and I don't know what event that should be to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and really commit to how she's going to run it because I think she's as talented as anybody as anybody who's running those events Kyle yeah. Langford ran an amazing 810 metres <laughs> um, Neve Emerson produced oh. one hell of an 800 metres to win a, go- a bronze which to me was way more exciting than Cat's gold and that people have really trash talked Cat's performance I think that is bang out of order because yeah. she got out she won the gold she was sensible on an injury and I think we've got great things to come from Cat this summer but for me Neve Emerson was the stand up performer of that heptathlon yeah. and it was she's a star in the making I totally 100% agree with you just, just talking what, who was the Australian girl who came who was that awful way? Oh, that was terrible. I can't remember her name, but that um, was she terrible. was very, very, very impressive, and yeah. she's only eighteen as well. Yeah. And I mean, I think I think an eight hundred is one of the events that is the easiest to improve on in in yes. a heptathlon. So she's someone we really have to watch. Like 13, 13, 18 or something in the in the in the first event, and she she was very, very, very impressive mm. um, for someone so young. Neve Emerson, though, she? yes. It was someone Mucci. There's a physical specimen as well, there's abs. But she looked she looked super talented. Um and coming up for the world juniors later in the year, her against Neve, um and against obviously you Suk Suk the Ukrainian girl who's head and shoulders above everyone else. But that's gonna be some some events to be watching. Some other British people we've we've said it in passing, but So one second, sorry, sorry. Um I just want to say about Kat, because you did you said about Kat. Um 
I understand the criticism as when you're head and shoulders about someone else, go out, kill the competition, put doubt in their minds, boost your own confidence, make people who she's going to be competing in Berlin second guess what she's up to. She's not in the she's not in the form to do that at the moment. So it's and no has a slight injury. And it's got an injury, yeah. So I mean, there's no point complaining that because she wasn't capable of that. And when you've got an injury, I don't want you going out and trying over hard, getting worse, injured, ruining your confidence, mm. possibly losing the whole event. She did exactly the right thing. She's got it's April. She's got two gold medals. Like right now, let's just look at the positives because Absolutely. and she knows what she's got to work on. Well, again, we've had an interview with she. I asked her exactly that, and she has a very, she's very honest answer as to what I did. Can we quickly talk about Dina, who we went, we sort of oh. skipped past? That two hundred meters was, as we say, the um, event of the championships, and Dina did absolutely all we could ask for her. You know, yeah. she got um, out so got out hard. so brilliantly, didn't that she? Start. And being oh. overtaken by the quality she got overtaken by is absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. Um, it's also April. I think her mum said to me, um, "Oh, usually she'd just be doing like a." The, BASF, uh, I don't know what they're called, but the, um, what are the, um, like the count, lo- county, county, county champs or something, yeah, in April. This time last year, she was, like, had a boot on, you know. Yeah, 22.29 so, is yeah. her fourth fastest ever. Yeah, in April. Is that really her yeah. fourth fastest run ever? Yeah, so that, that was just like fantastic. Laura just Waitman was great. Laura Waitman ran exactly the right well, what she was she smart. Did. She chose to do the 5,000. Yeah, because absolutely. you can see that the 1,500 is, is more depth. There's always, always a medal to be had in the 15, in the 5,000. But the, the way that she ran it and the way that she beat people who are much faster than her, I'm talking about the English people, yeah. British, other British people, yeah. because obviously with the Ugandans and the Kenyans, they potentially were, were much better. But to beat Ailish and, um, in, in that race was very impressive. And she said it was the hardest race she'd, she'd ever done. And <laughs> like after she started, she's like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. But it's good to have that kind of strength and as, mm. have another string to your bow. We just um, do a couple of other shout-outs, just people who... Um, did really well. Leon Reed, prime example of someone oh, raising God, the game. Oh, God, yes. yes. You know, prime example of someone raising the game. He technically came you know, fourth initially, but then um, with the disqualification, he got a bronze medal. But those people, behind, he shouldn't have made the final, never mind coming like getting, coming away with a bronze medal. So that was fantastic. Um, we've said Jack, Jack Green did exactly as we wanted him to. May not have got a medal, but again, really great performances. Tom Bosworth, fantastic. Tombo, Tombo, Tombo brilliant. For Tombo. Brilliant. Was. And... We've got a whole chat with him, so you'll hear what we've got to say. But the way he's dragged the walks into the yeah. British consciousness, I think, is really impressive. He single-handedly has turned race. He's made yeah. race walking cool, and mm. I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan did great with the silver medal, yes. you know, and she was really happy about it. That's more than anything else we want to see from Morgan. We want to see a smile on that beautiful face. <laughs> take two. <laughs> okay, take two. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Yeah! <laughs> I'm here with Jack Green, fourth in the four hurdles. Jack, I mean, it was actually a really good run. Are you upset? Are you disappointed? Are you happy with how it went? What are your feelings? Oh, it's just, I, you know, I went out there and did a certain stripe pattern that I haven't done before, and the whole plan was try and execute that, and you could put yourself in a really good position, which I did. You know, 49 1 for now. I don't run that fast normally this time of year. I don't normally run this time of year. I know that we're changing it to peak, but. Still, to run 49.2, 49.1, that's not too bad. Um, I'm pleased. Obviously, I'd rather a medal, but that's life. And uh, a lot worse things happen than coming fourth in the Commonwealth Games. against a, That's a world-class field as well. I'm not running against any jokers there. They're all legitimate athletes. One of the guys I beat was Olympic champion, who's run 48 this year. So. I'm so pleased you said that, because that was my thinking as well. It's April. You've just run like 49.1, which is a great time anyway, you know. So that must give you confidence for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. I think 
every year I'm just getting a bit more mature, a bit stronger, a bit, you know, it's, it's intelligence as well. You look at this event and you typically peak quite late in age and it's simply because of the amount of variables you've got. And as a young athlete, I was, obviously I was very good, but I'd have one plan and if the weather was great, I'd run fast, ran 48.6 at 20, but then the next week I'd fall because I only had one plan. And if it didn't work, the conditions, I was useless. Now you're seeing that no matter what race it is, I can put together a race and run pretty consistent. You know, I did a different stride pattern two days ago to what I did today. All last season was the same and I'm still hitting good times. So the next challenge is then being able to take from low 49s, high 48s to start them pushing down. But if I'm running 49.1 in April, then hopefully that means I can be consistent 48s come the season and and finally get rid of that 2012 PB. You've got like another three, four months of Europeans to be working on this tripod and you say you're, you're working on. So clearly the Europeans is your next step. You were saying to me the other day that you think you should be able to fit both in. You know, pretty, there should be, if you've trained properly, it should be what you'd be able to do that. Yeah, not a problem. I'm going back into training for four or five weeks, just top everything up, top up that fuel gauge as such and, and then open up again. Um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. You know, look at European four hurdles now and I'm not getting much luck in terms of field. When you look at Commonwealth, has got some fantastic athletes in, as well as Europeans. We've got, I was ranked fifth with 48.7 last year in Europe. I remember when I first got into this sport as a senior athlete, you run to sub-49, you're one or two, would die. So now I'm fifth. But that's exciting for the sport. It's exciting for the event. And it only means we're going to get quicker. And relay, you doing the relay? Yeah, you'll see me tomorrow morning. So glad you're back in the relay. It's where you belong. Tell me about it. I've been fighting a, fighting a long time and not got many opportunities, but one's coming up tomorrow morning, so rest up and, and get on that track. It's a great track. First thing I said to the boys after my heats was, you want to get on a relay on this because I reckon it's going to be fast. Hi, so I'm here with the, the um, Commonwealth bronze medalist in the 200 metres, Dina Asher-Smith. Dina, that was a really great run in what's probably the highest quality event of the whole championships. Thanks, thanks for that. I know, I always seem to like find my way into these races of the championships. I'm like, why? <laughs> why me? I remember Beijing. I was like, why can't it just be? See, no, I'm joking. But um, you want to be in the best race of the championship. It what kind of makes getting this um, far more valuable. Oh yeah, this meaning the medal far more valuable because um, I know there are so many infinitely talented sprinters or female sprinters in the world right now. I mean, pay testament to that. The two girls that came uh, first and second, they're primarily 400 meter runners. So you know that when you're doing the 200, you've also got to have that 60 speed, that 100 speed, but also that 400 endurance. And that's what um, racing these girls brings to that. So yeah, to be in one of the, what people call <laughs> one of the, um, what did you refer to it as, sorry? Uh, the best quality race of the championship. I didn't want to miscreate. Best quality race the championship um, does mean a lot, especially to come out with a medal in that. So yeah, I'm really. And happy. you fought off Elaine Thompson down the home straight. So I mean, that, that's saying something. I wanted to get a medal, and I saw her, and next to me, I was like, not today, <laughs> not today. But I wasn't quite sure if I did it. You know, I had to dip the line, and when you kind of wait patiently, you get a bit nervous. But um, yeah, I'm really happy to have done that. But um, yeah, I'm really happy to also push forward and hopefully running faster and running better going into the Europeans and the rest of the Diamond Leagues. I was speaking to your mum earlier today, and we were, we were laughing. At, no, but we were laughing. I mean, we, ev- everybody loves your mum. We were laughing and saying that um, usually in April you'd be maybe doing like a you know a, a, champ, a, a, a county championship or something. Not not run. Two years in April, I've been injured, so this is a great sign for me. Yeah, past two years in April, I haven't really been able to run. <laughs> so um, yeah, for me to be not only fit but championship fit and running 22-2, I really can't emphasize how happy I mean. I mean, I am. I mean, obviously, I wanted to come up there. I'd love to win a gold medal. Who wouldn't? But 
but um, in hindsight, this is really good for me. So. And of course, last, I think you're the reigning European champion in the 200 metres, so you've got that to come. A lot of these athletes now can go back home and have a rest, but... I've been on holiday for a bit. I'm jealous. Australia's great. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, after this, after the relay, I'm straight back home, straight back into training to start some Diamond Leagues and then build up to, um, fingers crossed, touch wood, doing my best in trying to retain my European title this year. Well, 22-2 in April is, shows really great form, so fingers crossed for the rest of the season. And you know we'll be there cheering you on. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here with Cole for a fantastic um, silver medal in the 800 metres. Um, I said to my brother just before you started, I said, I totally trust Kyle because you're becoming one of, the, one of those athletes who just doesn't let us down. <laughs> I like to keep it exciting. I like keeping uh, back and, you know, I like trusting in my kick, but uh, I, you say don't let you down, but I let myself down just not getting that gold. You know, I, that was the only option in my head today was to get that. So I've been so close to it and... You know, it's disappointing, but, you know, the crowd, everyone out here was, you know, made it all worth it and take it on to the next one. <laughs> but that's a fantastic attitude. I mean, you've had this great, you've got a silver medal, but the fact that you're not necessarily entirely happy with that shows that you have real sort of ambition for more, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I set my, you know, it's not, not that I set my goals high. It's what a dream. You know, when I'm training, when I'm just even a, a, sl- a slow run, it don't end up being so because I, I get carried away. I've envisaged myself crossing the line. It ends up being meant to be 50, 650 mile into 550 mile in. You know, I'm, I'm like, I get into it and you know, it's, I envisage everything and I envisage myself winning the gold at Olympics. So you know, that's just it. You know, I'm hungry just to you know, just to be the best. That's all I want to be is the best and surpass you know guys like Steve Cram. You know, I love these guys, but you know, these these guys are who are, I don't look up to. I look up to, but. Yeah, you know, I look to go past, and it's the sort of stuff I look at. But just talking of the race quickly, I mean, it was a, it was a great race. You just seem to get a bit boxed around the last bend, etc. So, but you're so young; there's still a lot to learn. Yeah. It was. I quite. It, everyone surged with 300 minutes to go. Everyone started to surge down a little bit, and you know, Kenyans. I, I I know from racing Kenyans when it gets to 300 to go, they go. Their their action changes. They go. You know, they go early and. Uh, and then what other people followed them and Alan started to slow up and then got to 200 minutes to go and there was just a lot of people and a lot of them started to really start to fade and I think me and Luke were the two really on our toes still and uh, when I got to that last 100 I was just a bit too far behind the Kenyan and you know I was gaining on them quickly I, you know, I, was, uh, I know it's an, it, the problem is it's not an 810 metre race it's an 800 race so uh, still, still learning the craft still young uh, and yeah, so hopefully Europeans, I won't make that mistake, that's the end. But you are still young, and that's what's so good about the Commonwealth Games, is it's that stepping stone, that opportunity. Here you are with a silver medal at the Commonwealth, so it must give you a lot of confidence for the, the rest of the season. Yeah, it's what it's all it does is feed my ego, it feels my confidence, you know, it feeds what I already know. Because sometimes you get to the start and I'm going, I know I'm this good, come on, I, I just got to do it. And you know, I believe ever since 2014, 2015, since there's something that changed in my whole attitude and manner of how I raced, I started thinking I was the best, you know, since Beijing, I've been saying this, but since Beijing, uh, when I was 19, uh, you know, I am one of the best 800 runners and it's just time for me to prove it and, you know, for me now, it's, uh, it's only upwards from here, I think. Cool. One last question. Just tell us about your new bag. Uh, I'm getting this a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I've got a, a thing, I, you know, I like to buy myself something nice before a race, so I bought myself a nice Louis Vuitton Hordle. And then there was a pair of Nike. I'm actually sponsored by Nike, so they give me all the, every, all the kit I want. But I saw a pair of Nike trainers in the Nike store. 
and I wanted them there and then I was like do you know what I'm going to get them because this is I'm going to win have to have the win commies now so obviously come second yeah, that would have to do but you know it yeah, motivates me you totally deserve the trick well done we'll see you later in the season cheers thank thanks you, a lot nice, two thank other things like well, we're probably discussing separately I'm going to give like a gold star and a whatever the opposite of a gold, uh, gold star is wooden spoon. to wooden spoon to Callum Hawkins yeah oh, I agree yes that I mean I just talking about the negatives of the championships for a moment that was a, a horrific absolutely horrific um, he, someone should have been there from the first time he fell over it took about 10 minutes in total for me first falling over to him second falling over to him laying on the floor sort of babbling what I don't know what maybe there's no um, medical staff there but what, what isn't there a truck that goes in front isn't there people sat on that yeah. is it what, what's ever he was being filmed he yeah was, exactly that's what was I said the exactly right. and I, can't, I have a little bit of sympathy for the um, spectators who didn't do anything because like, a lot of them you could see they wanted to do so but didn't know what they were well, allowed also, to yeah, do they, they don't want to touch him in case it disqualifies it but I have no no sympathy whatsoever for those people filming him no oh, that especially was just the volunteer absolutely disgraceful mm. But no, I mean that, that left a sad, a sour taste in everyone's mouth. So I'm gonna firstly give him a gold star because he ran brilliantly. He was way ahead. We love that. We love that that British determination. And it's exactly him. the thing we complain about British Absolutely. athletes, don't we? Yeah. British distance runners who yeah. don't go for it. Totally. And so, had it not been hot, he'd have won that. Ah, but that's where it comes in. That's where he also gets a bit of a wooden spoon. Yes. It was hot. It yeah. was boiling. I was. He literally. It, they ran past our apartment were twice. You there? You, you yeah, he there. ran past outside our apartment. We we're on the sixteenth floor, and yeah. I was looking down, and I was about to tweet. Um, Karen Hawkins is a superhero blah blah but I had a hangover and I decided to have lay down instead <laughs> and, and 140 next, characters next thing there was I'm screaming Jody because like you know another like mile down the road and he collapsed did you see it from your apartment no no but he ran past it was probably five ten minutes before he ran past our yeah. apartment it was just down the road wow. but looking but, but my point was we were like in exactly the same places so I know how hot it was, oh, it was and hot. We, if you watch him a few coming up a few times before he didn't actually take the water and things and now that may be because he'd already started to like lose the plot a bit but in the circumstances whilst we can all praise that guts and determination was it sensible running in the circumstances I think the answer is clearly not well, it, right so. at 35 kilometres he was 1 minute 42 ahead of um, Mike Shelley. 1 minute 42. That's a considerable amount of time. At 40 kilometres, when he collapsed, he was 2 minutes ahead. Now, in that 5 kilometres, he'd weaved all over the road. He'd fallen over twice. He'd staggered about. So it's probably over... over. I mean, well over 2 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it was 2 minutes already. So he'd probably made up a minute on Mike Shelley over that five kilometres. He's going for it. He's over five to run a minute faster than the person behind you who isn't necessarily slowing down. But he was keeping it necessary at that point. It was totally unnecessary at that point. You could calm down. You could... Make was sure someone you get your feeding on. back to him? Was it I don't know. Some people saying you've got this level of gout because we know at the London Marathon people are really clued up mm. and they're always telling, they're always shouting at the athletes where they are in relation to their competitors. I don't know if that would. Have been but the sometimes case. you've got to do the smart thing to win. It's about getting the gold medal. It doesn't yeah. matter about how you win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there was a bit of a lack of experience there. Those those conditions were so hot for, to run a marathon. We we go running in the morning like sometimes. But at eight in the morning, and you had to walk because it was like you get to the end of the road, and you're like, I can't. can't it was, run like it was this kind of twenty-seven degrees, I think, by the time he collapsed. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. I, it was hot. Degrees. No, but that, but, that but, might but, have been but, the temperature, but it was hotter than that. No, but that, the temperatures were taken. I've learnt this. The temperatures are taken in the shade. Yeah. 
And you're running by the sea, so you've got like it's not like it was it, it was so hot, I can't even explain how hot that sun was. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean one hundred percent we love Callum Hawkins, we love the way he attacks the race, we love how talented he is and yeah. how he's definitely gonna get championships medals in the future. But this hope was a, a learner just how to star that stuck onto a wooden spoon. <laughs> Very quickly, just to end up um, just a positive note for the British team, is the both men's and women's yes, 401 relays. Gold stars all around. Now I was for totally different reasons. Yeah, actually. I was yes. actually laughing about these relays, and I was going, "What on earth? What is this men's relay team? Like, what is it? Like, it, not, it's not got a single member from the team last no, year. You've got Ruben Arthur, who, I've, who has never run before. I mean, good athlete. Zarnell Hughes. Zarnell is someone mm. you'd always have on the team, but no, it hasn't been. No, Richard Kilty. I've never seen him run third before. In the interview afterwards, he said he once said, "I don't. I only ever remember him being I first. That's quite niche. Firstly, for him to be in the two hundred. Yeah, and very it weird. Wasn't meant to put him on the third. He didn't even have to qualify him for the two hundred. So as I don't. A Sixty meter specialist. Yeah. No, well, apparently he says he started as a two hundred meters yeah. before he turned to sixty. He did. So wow. But it. But the, but basically, what, what what? Never mind the individual athletes, and I and totally having on the last. Yeah, so. totally held up my hands. I was totally wrong. Shouldn't have doubted them. But what does this tell you about the way that our relay has turned itself yeah. around? Flicking, isn't it? Like we can pick four people who've never really run with each other before, who didn't know they were going to be running with each other because Adam was going to presumably be in that yeah. team. Adam wouldn't have been on first, so they've Richard would have been on first. So. They've totally changed the team around, mm. and to still not just get the get the um, baton round, but to run thirty eight ten was that? Thirty eight one three. And beat who they beat? They beat Jamaica. They beat South Africa. They beat like two them to Nigeria. South Africa in a national Nigeria. record. Yeah, it was crazy. phenomenal. With Samini on the ankle leg, like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yes, yeah. yeah, phenomenal. We talk about this all the time, and my work in rugby we talk about teams the best teams are the teams that are greater than the sum of their parts mm. and I feel British Relay have set up a contingent of athletes who in almost any combination become more than they are as individuals Absolutely. and that is exactly what we need when was the last time we dropped a baton? it probably probably oh, far more probably, probably, probably probably recently than I don't no, remember it but probably 2015 but it, but what, it wasn't that long ago no, <laughs> what, what I mean by that is we used to go in assuming that would happen. Yeah. Now I go in assuming it won't. You know, if it did, it, I'd be absolutely really like right. outraged. So feel like a missed opportunity. Totally, absolutely. We expect them to get around. And the women's team, completely conversely, we had what was more or less like an A team out there, didn't we? Just very quickly interjecting. Lovely to see Bianca back. Yeah, yes. who, who ran she really well. Really and, yeah, good, really well. She? She's very good on that third leg. Yeah. Um, so conversely, we had an almost proper um, A lineup, and then we had. We didn't know who it was because no. we, we. I hadn't looked. I mean, we probably could have found out if we looked on the computer. But <laughs> no, the computer didn't give us things, did they? But um, the. I was thinking, who, who's that? I was like, Nick Agupong's changed their hair because that's why I assumed. <laughs> that's why I assumed would yeah, be on it. <laughs> well, it's a rain engine. But I mean, she's an eleven-three runner. Mm. Um, we just don't she see her. She loads at college, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But again, the, the teams we beat. I mean, just. Ridiculous. So Jamaica and Nigeria, and Nigeria didn't have a bad squad at all. Yeah, Jamaica had Lane Thompson on the final leg, and Lorraine held her yeah. off. Yeah, so that's... she had no right <laughs> to do that. But so I know we complained did. a little bit about we've only got two individual medals, and which I still think is yeah. absolutely unacceptable. But the the relay medals count, always count. We you mm. never hear us say different, and especially when you do it in such fine form. Can I just say, and this is a little bit off off. Um, just very bit specific. People, some of the people who impressed me the most um, was the British 
women shop putters, right? <laughs> Sophie McKenna through seventeen seventy something at a championships. Now, no, apart from Myrtle Augie and Judy Oakes, no one's thrown that since I think Vanessa Headley threw it in nineteen eighty four, and it's the I think it's the fifth best of all time for Britain. It's I know it's it's not world standard, <laughs> but for Britain to have someone who can throw seventeen seventy in, in a championship, championship. not a, in the middle of nowhere downhill, <laughs> yes. to me, that at championships. And also, um, uh, Rachel Wallander threw 1740-something at a championship. Mm. That's such a step up from what we've seen in the past, and that's what we needed to see more of of these Across championships. The board, yeah. Yeah. People going there, taking the opportunity to be throwing against Valerie and, and um, Danielle and the best in the world, and taking that and taking the adrenaline at a championships and performing. And if we'd had a few more people um, perform as well as those girls did, we would have a lot more medals. Yeah. Because they weren't necessarily in medal form, but they did really well. So if the people who were third and fourth had done that, people who'd stepped up into finals had done that, um, they, they're probably my, my performances of the championships. That, well, two things to say. <laughs> Firstly, um, at one point she was in bronze medal position. Yeah. And usually at Commonwealth Games, it probably would get you. Oh my god, there's never been a Commonwealth Games where yeah. 1770 wouldn't get you a yeah. medal. It mm-hmm. would often get you a silver medal. But secondly, and most importantly, my favourite thing about the entire Commonwealth experience is that bow down Queen. No, sorry, Dame, Dame <laughs> Queen Valerie Adams. <laughs> Is back where she's supposed to be, although not on the top of the podium. But yeah, we obviously chatted, and she was totally fine as far as she's concerned. I had a baby five months ago, you know, and um, just the fact that that woman is back on the track where she's supposed to be just makes my heart sing. Hi, it's KJT, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. Okay, I'm going to throw my journalistic objectivity out of the window and just say that I'm here with the woman I consider to be the greatest athlete in the world. Um, It's Her Royal Highness Dame Valerie Adams. Um, Welcome back. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, you didn't quite win here today. There would have been four in a row, but you seem super happy anyway. You know, after having a baby six months ago, um, I didn't know what to expect today. One thing I do know is that I gave this my best shot, and I am here, and I am proud, and I am just over the moon that I'm able to represent my country again at the fifth Commonwealth game six months after having a child. It wasn't an easy feat, but I know that... Um, I had the best support I could have around me to, to be able to be here. Six weeks ago, I struggled to throw 16 metres. So, you know, being, tr- trying to get your strength levels up to where that you, that you need them to and everything else, it's not the easiest thing in the world. I had to, you know, battle um, breastfeeding and baby sleeping and not sleeping and, and all those things. A different dynamic. As an athlete, as you guys would know, you are very, very selfish. Not anymore, honey. It was actually... Really good quality competition for the for the Commonwealth. Um, you know, fantastic competition, and it's great. I'm very very happy for Danielle. She threw a massive national record. She's in great shape. She got you know so, uh, bronze at the World Indoor Championship. So I knew, oh, silver in the World Championship, right? And so I knew that the challenge was going to be massive. And and I actually said to coach, you know, over 19 meters will win this, and I was right because I I, I knew she was one to beat. But you know what? That's the Commonwealth. I'm just glad that this, the level in the Commonwealth is coming up, and she's one of those things. And it's, she has a great future. I'm an old girl now. This is my fifth Commonwealth Games. First Commonwealth Games, I was 16. This honey BB right now is 33. Okay, so yeah, that's great. Well, your, your record at the Commonwealth is amazing. You've got three golds and two silvers. Yes. Um, you won't remember this. We first met you at the World Cup in Madrid oh in God, 2002. Yeah, I've got. There for the first time. Got a, we've got a picture. I'll find it and tweet it to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Um, now, as you have, you say, just had a baby only six months back. Um, 
everyone else should be scared, you know, because if you can do this tournament this quickly, the rest of the season, you know, it should be pretty great. Yeah, I mean, you know, who, who knows what the future holds, but I'm really, I really, really enjoyed this journey because, to be honest, um, it's given me perspective of life, you know, what's important and what's not, but also the balance is incredible because I'm able to go to training and train and then come back and just touch around with baby and she doesn't actually care who the hell I am, what I do, what I'm trying to do or trying to achieve. She, all she knows is that she's hungry, she sleep, want to sleep, she want to play with mummy and she's always over the moon when she sees me and that just makes my day regardless of how training's gone. You seem super excited to be back, which I'm really pleased to say. Did, did you ever consider retiring after having a baby? Um, no. Uh, well, I've always wanted to try and come to these Commonwealth Games, and I've always said that before having a baby. Um, I knew it was going to be hard, but I think throwing into the mix that I had her through a cesarean section, that kind of delayed things a little bit by six weeks because it's a whole new... I guess healing process, you know, so you just don't know. But I, I, I do know that I wanted to give these a, a good shot, and I'm here. Um, now, you've got the big championships out of the way early, by April. Um, yes, it's really early, you know. <laughs> if somebody said to me, oh, if there's one thing you wanted to get um, to have, what would it be? Would it be time? I said, well, we don't have time, honey. No. These championships are in April and that's the way it is. But hey, it is, it is the way it is and you have to work with it. But you won't now have another big championship until next year, so I suppose you've got the whole, the whole of this year to get yourself back into like, your best form. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's one of those things that does take time, as you know, as an athlete, you know, to win an Olympic gold medal, it took me 10 years. And I'm expecting myself to come and make something happen within six months of having a child. But you know what? I'm here and I'm collecting another medal for New Zealand. And that's uh, an amazing feat for me because I, I didn't realise I was going you know, six months, six weeks ago, 16 metres, struggle. They wouldn't even make the freaking top eight right now, you know? Today, 1880, it's 1870 through a season's best twice in the qualifying and one today. I cannot ask for more than that. I speak for the whole world of athletics to say we are so, so pleased to have you back and I wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you so much. I'm sure we'll see you guys around. Thank you, Dolph. Boys, so much to talk about and I feel we've done such a whistle-stop tour of really <laughs> awesome Commonwealths. One final question. You, one name, no explanation, no caveat, no bluff, nothing. One name. Who was your Commonwealth Games Athletics MVP? Jodie. Um... I have to be Castasmania. Bear? Nick Miller. Oh, yeah. Mm, nice. I'm going Alex Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I have been... Claire, do you understand the concept of most valuable player? <laughs> oh, oh, no, that's a really good point. Maybe I didn't mean MVP. Maybe I meant standout performer. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Okay, yeah, MVP. No, we... It, it, Alex Bell. But, I'd love to play some kind of, like, um... Fantasy football with you, if that's anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have Valerie Adams and cut us a menu. You can. <laughs> Well, listen, thanks once again for tuning into the Backstreet Boys. I know it's been a whistle-stop tour. There's so much to talk about at the Commonwealth Games and we've tried to fit a lot in and a lot of interviews. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please tell everyone about the Backstreet Boys podcast. Go on to iTunes, rate and review us. Um, and Subscribe. Subscribe, rate and review. And that's the best way to spread the word. Mm-hmm.